Welcome to the We Should Record This podcast, conversations around deconstructing, rebuilding, and finding home in our faith and life together. We're glad you've joined us. It's episode five. We've called this one Table Manners. What are the do's and don'ts of conversations where we're in that space of disagreeing with one another or being curious but not landing on the same page? But before we get to that, we're going to play another little game called great big theology words that I screw up sometimes. The first one is called eschatology. That's referring to the way that things end or the study of the end of time or final judgment. The second big fat theology word is called soteriology, which is the study of the process of salvation. There's a little place where the big word came into my head and the definition got swapped around with those two words. So Sorry about that, but hopefully it'll still all make sense. Enjoy the show. Well, hi there. We are back for episode five. 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 And today we're talking about um, just continuing the conversation and continuing to move forward in this idea of having conversations. And um, up to this point, we've talked a lot about the work that we're doing on ourselves and how to have these conversations with perhaps like-minded people. But um, on this side of heaven, not everyone's going to share your views, opinions, growth, appreciation for those things. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about how do we enter these conversations and stay in these conversations when there's a bit of a difference going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, just before the show started, Creed and I were talking a little bit about this idea of rightness and how it's so ingrained in us as Jesus followers because of the idea of righteousness and so we want to be on the right path but maybe there's more than one right path maybe we all are on our own path towards Jesus and that's what's right but um Krina and I were talking about fundamentalism which by definition it's the primary rule on which something's based and it's that idea of the rule like who gets to set that rule and how does that unfold and you know, I had a pastor growing up who used to say, for every mile of road, there's two miles of ditch. And that was his way of warning us to not spend our whole life in one ditch, only to hop across the stable road into the other ditch. So right now, we're just trying to find a stable road that we can travel on together. So, Karina, you were talking a little bit about um, Galatians and how this applies and, and how a passage in Galatians kind of got your wheels turning. So what is that? Well, I just... I love how Paul, who is, who comes from, he is like, he even says in, in, in scripture, he's basically the fundamentalist of fundamentalists, right? Like he, he, it's like, there ain't nobody more Jewish than Paul and, and nobody who knows the scriptures better than Paul and no, and, and so he kind of, he often will set himself up like that in the beginning of Um, the letters that he's writing to the early church. And I love how in Galatians, he kind of opens up with that. And he's talking about just how kind of like, guys, if if this is just about trying harder, if this just is about finding a new law to follow, we've totally missed the point of the good news. Don't let that happen to you. This good news is good news. And it's not good rules and it's not um having the the most 
kind of scripture memorized or the most, like, that's just not what it's about. It's about Jesus. It's about the Christ. It's about that, that we're not separated from God, that, that this is, we have, everybody has free access. And, and he's so convinced of that. He's preaching that to non-Jews. And I think sometimes we just go, nah, nah, because we don't identify as Jewish, right? So, but if we could retranslate that, if we could pull that back in and go, okay, I am the most Christian of Christians. I know the most Bible. I can, I have spent my life interpreting it the right way. I know what the Bible clearly says. And now I'm here to say, you're in. There is no separation. And I actually, this isn't just a message for the Christians. This is a message that I'm bringing to people that aren't even Christians. And I don't think he means it. Like the goal is not to make them Jewish. And I realize when I say that, there's all these but, but, buts. And I'm, I'm (laughs) tracking, I'm tracking with, I'm trying, I like big butts and I cannot lie. So oh my I'm, gosh. <laughs> I'm, and you're on my page with my slang. Well, there's a, there's a song for everything. And I, oh, um, so I'm not, I'm not saying what you might think I'm saying when I say that, but what I am saying is what if we can take the conversation broader and bigger? What if Paul is giving us permission that that good news is for everybody and not that you have to become a Jew or a Christian like me in order to experience the Christ and the good news of Jesus. What well, if- and what if Paul in all of his knowledge mm-hmm. sees the broadness of God? And that there's not just the one way. And what if we could do the same thing? That if we take all of our head knowledge and fan it out and realize that the heart of God is a million times more than we can even begin to imagine or define. So yes, there's room for you here rather than no, I know all about God and you don't look like me. So you're out. Right. So and what think, if we flip that and use our powers for good instead of evil and <laughs> open the doors wide? Mm-hmm. I think um, I, I, I feel that, are you saying God is whatever you want it to be and all roads are leading to, to Jesus? And I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I really do believe that, that Jesus has not only been walking down the road of fundamental evangelical Christianity and that his highest dream is everybody would come there. I think the narrow way is a lot harder saying that everybody needs to look and believe exactly the same. That's easy. That's, that is an easy path to trod, but to say, I walk together with people who have different experiences and different understandings and, and God is at work in each and every person. And I have to walk my path. 
that's narrow. This is where, for me, I feel like this understanding has a lot more do, a lot more to do with our trust in God than our relationship with other people. That if we can trust God and we can trust Holy Spirit in other people to get them to where they need to be mm-hmm. without our interference, then what we can say is God can use any path to bring people to him. And not the idea that, like you were saying, all paths lead to God, but he can get on any path he wants to get on and walk alongside people until they're in a relationship with each other. And yeah. then whatever happens after that really isn't our business. It's up to God to foster that relationship. And I, when way back at the beginning of time, shortly after we got married, Brad and I ended up in marriage counseling. Because, you know, marriage comes really naturally to all of us. Yes. What a weird concept. Let's find another human and live with them and pretend it's bliss. <laughs> it's work, you know? And so totally. we ended up in marriage counseling. And one of the first things the pastor said to me, he had some direction for Brad, but to me that hit me and has stuck with me is that it is not my job to be Brad's Holy Spirit. And it is not my job to be anyone's Holy Spirit because I'm bad at it. Holy Spirit is good at Holy Spirit's job. Yeah. Um, there's no need for backup from Nicole to make the divine occur. <laughs> and yet, and that has had to be a growing relationship and trust that even though I don't understand what's happening in someone else's life, I don't, I can't compute or agree with or sort out why they're saying the things they're saying or why they're making the choices they're making. All I can do is provide relationship and trust in Holy Spirit that all of these things will mysteriously come together and be open to conversation. And this is where we get into the other part of it where, okay, we're having conversation and we think the other person is whacked out. So how do we continue in that conversation? Yeah, I think, I think it was one of the earlier episodes where we talked about um, every every person, the dignity of a person gets equal airtime, but all the ideas of a person don't get, don't get equal value or airtime. So, but I think that can be, that can be a tricky thing to walk out because it, there, there can be a tendency to go in one ditch or the other of like, I silence everything that doesn't sound like me. And then I'm never challenged. I'm never stretched. I don't, um, I don't, I don't get to adjust course based on anything but my own ideas. Cause it's true. Holy spirit is speaking to me in my heart, but, but that's not the only way Holy spirit speaks. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there is, I've got wounding or, traditions that get in the way and even Paul talks about that in Galatians like the the traditions when the traditions become higher than that um I I think that we we often find out about those through people that are outside of our traditions and um and I think that's when the biggest discord happens is when you start questioning tradition yeah because tradition often feels like 
the the way of the spirit like because it's it's what's common to us it's what's comfortable to us and so when you come into a conversation and say hey you know there's this body of work that is like pre-reformation that has a completely different view of the purpose of the cross or that has a completely different view of eschatology like the the process of being saved um and we just go like (laughs) what and and it's like we we don't even know that we're dealing with interpretations we think we've we're just dealing with just the bible just god and it's like no we're not nobody does that's that's an impossibility and there are a bunch of different theories that are biblical about hell there's a bunch of different theories that are biblical about salvation there are a and it's it's like i don't know i guess i just think we can we can we need to be i should say we need to be aware that it's not just a single story that we're interacting with and i think we need to give space for other ideas and then not fall into the ditch of being a doormat and letting anything go but also not shutting down the conversation and only letting the thing that lines up with my story go you're right and i think there's like in real life practical terms one of the things that i've been trying to do when entering these conversations with people who i disagree with Mm -hmm. while still trying to honor their humanity and give dignity to their point of view without agreeing with something i feel like is not the truth is i try to say if things especially if things are starting to like ask a little bit i try and say i appreciate your opinion and i thank you for sharing it with me i just disagree and now i'm going to be honest like 90 percent of the time people still flip out because i'm saying i disagree they don't hear the first part very well yeah but i know that i have said and done what i need to do to honor their dignity without trying to prove that i'm right and that's been a big learning curve for me too is that i don't need to plant my flag on every hill and die on it just to prove that I am right or I am more enlightened or I'm further on a journey or any of that. I need to just be open to conversations and be open to hearing from people and be okay with ending with them ending the conversation with, thank you for sharing that. I, I don't feel the same way as you do, but I appreciate that you took the time to explain this to me. Mm-hmm. And leave it like that. If people ask more questions and want to know what I think or why I think, then we keep going. But I don't need to make someone see my point of view. That's where Holy Spirit will sort out what they need, right? Yeah. Or what I need. Maybe sometimes in the conversation I realize, oh, maybe what I thought I believed, I need to look at again because they made a good point here that I need to think about and factor in a bit. Yeah, I I think that that is... Uh, a good posture to have like I think it's like in our 
situations, we come with all these flags of all these things that we think are, like you say, the hill to die on. And I think it's important to know when we're in conversations, we need to be careful where we're planting flags because often we're planting them like in someone else. And that's not really a way to have a generative conversation. And it's not a way to, so much of our flag planting has more to do with shoring up our egos that need to be right than it has to do with our, like, it would be really hard to convince me that let's say, for example, you post something on your social media that's like, oh yeah, atheists? Well, why don't you take a bag of parts and shake it around for a million years and see if you come up with a watch? That is not somebody who's trying to have a conversation with someone who's not a, that I think that argument comes up around like a literal six day creation versus an evolutionary process. And first of all, the assumption is you can't believe in God and believe in something different. That person, you can't convince me that that is a way that's opening a conversation that says, I actually care about your experience and, and want to engage with you so that you might know something that is more life-giving and good news than what you have. And I think we, more of our flag planting has to do with bolstering our ego that doesn't want to change, that likes to be right, which is the thing I think that the Bible talks about as the flesh. It's the part that is opposed to truth. It just wants same. It wants to know who's right. It wants to know who's on my team. It, it, it is rooted in the knowledge of good and evil. And like I've said before, that's a mistake we've made since the beginning of time. And so I think we need to be able to stop doing that. And yet we also need to, when we hear somebody saying something that is doing that, how do we enter into those conversations and go, you know what, this is not okay. Like the thing that's been going around right now is, is about the, the whole go home thing that um, to, to women that have are released to preach and teach to everybody, not just children and not just women. And so it's kind of like this, rather than being open to someone else's experience, we're, like we're doubling down on forgetting the, the biblical accuracy or not, the way that we're doing this is not, I, I th it, it's, it's like we're doubling down on the, yeah, I'm not just gonna say go home, I'm gonna make a t-shirt that says go home and I'm gonna, you know? And it's like, wherever is that the way of Jesus? Well, and I think yeah. you're being really, really polite in saying this. Mm. Straight up, you can believe what you believe, but you don't get to be a jackass about it. You don't get to take someone else's humanity and dignity away from them because it's not the same thing you believe. And this is where I get all hot under the collar. It's because fine if you think that the Bible says women can't preach and teach. 
I mean, it's not fine with beads, but it's okay for you. If that's what you think and you believe, and if that's how you want to live out your days on this earth, believing, not my business, but what is my business is how you speak to other people about your beliefs, especially when you're belittling, damaging, harassing, and degrading them. You can't stand up and say you're the defender of women and that's the God's call in your life. And then you turn around and terrorize them with this. That piece is not okay. So believe your very tiny, whatever thing you want to believe, but don't weaponize it. Yeah. And don't make it something that gives you permission to go on the interwebs and be a jackass to everyone because no, I'm not making a t-shirt, but I will be making some noise because it's not okay. And this is where I think I've had to learn to go, I can't do anything about what he believes, but I also cannot allow him to cause harm in his beliefs. There's this space right. that Jesus held in between that I'm trying to figure out how to get there. Yeah. Or, you know, there's grace and there's mercy and all that, but I'm just over being nice because there's not one place in the Bible that says that I have to be nice. Right. It talks about kindness and love, but it does not talk about niceness. Niceness is a behavior pattern we choose to keep the peace. Kindness is talking to your brothers and sisters in Christ in love and holding people accountable for the things they say and do. Yeah. I'm meant to be kind, not nice. So that reminds me of Jesus in the account with um, the woman caught in the act of adultery. Like what happened to the dude? Let me just uh, say that. I know. I know. There's so many, so many assumptions there that we, we tend to overlook, but, and we focus, we focus because it, because it allows us to keep like finger pointing where he says like, go and sin no more. And first of all, I don't think that was a reprimand. I think that was, he was calling her into her true identity. You're not separated. You're not a sinner. So you don't need to, to live like you are, right? You can live like you're loved. But what does he do first? He like, he, he kind of like calls everybody else to account. And it's like, yeah, yeah. you think this is about her check your heart bro like it's 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 a little actually, bit direct translation when you go back and you directly translate it it is actually i'm pretty heart, sure bro. if you read it in the aramaic that's what it would say i think so but but he 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 calls out their privilege he calls out their um he's not just waiting around going, well, if I just say nothing long enough, everybody will get bored and leave. He speaks to, he speaks yeah. up. Like he just says, okay, so um, which one of you have like, you're bringing me here to deal with her sin and make an example of her. How about you make an example of yourself first? And, and what I think I've been learning, I've been, um, just taking time to read just the words of Jesus. And there's like red letter studies, whatever. Mine's a blue highlighter study because I was too cheap to go buy another book. I just took my Bible and highlighted. Yeah. And as I'm reading, something that's already been cooking in my own spirit has become really evident that Jesus never fell in line with the rules. He always erred on the side of love. Mm -hmm. He could have 
followed the rules he was taught and worked solely within the confines of this is what is socially acceptable and this is what I was raised. But oftentimes he pushed those aside and erred on the side of love and compassion. And that's what I feel like I'm personally being challenged to do. And there's a lot of places where we start laying out our foundation and our rules. And these are the things I believe theologically. And this is what I think the Bible says about this. And we make those as our borders Mm -hmm. where I don't know whether those are meant to be borders. And I don't think that those are things that are meant to define our relationship with Jesus and how we live that out. And what I see happen far too often is that people will choose a social or political issue and make it Christian or non-Christian, depending where you fall on it. And suddenly these walls start going up between us and those who were meant to, to walk through life with. And I think that if we start pushing some of those walls over and just say, I actually don't know what the Bible clearly says here, but I'm going to err on the side of love because that's what Jesus did. And no one's ever been hated into the kingdom. So let's just start with that. And I know it freaks people out. It freaks me out sometimes because I feel like there's some things that I should have a definite theological position on. And maybe I do intellectually, Mm -hmm. but you don't enter relationships intellectually. You enter them with your heart Mm -hmm. and you can't, you can only go so far intellectually is what I guess I'm saying. And so when we're looking at these conversations, when we're looking at these topics and these deal breakers and the fundamentals of our faith and whatever, really it comes down to love. And Jesus said it, he lived it, he walked it. It's a challenge that continues to go on throughout the New Testament, no matter who's talking. It's, are we entering these relationships with an idea of love? Like, are we Mm -hmm. loving people? And if I get to heaven and I've made some theological mistakes, I can live with that. What I cannot live with is God saying, you should have been more loving. Right. So he's not, I'm pretty sure he's not going to say, well, I wish you would have hated a few more different types of people. I wish you would have alienated a few more people from me. That's not going to be a thing. The thing is going to be is how loving have you been? Yeah, I, I, a question that I heard somebody ask the other day was, what was Jesus's definition of the gospel? And people that are, were so quick to say what, what we believe the gospel is. Um, but what did Jesus say the good news was? And I wonder when, if we think about when he went, like his, the Sermon on the Mount, um, and all those like, basically, blessed when you're having the human experience, and you're you're going to see God when, when you hurt, when you're sad, when you are in the service of others, when you realize you don't have everything, when all of the, like that, that's our good news. You're never alone. No matter what you're going through in life, that's good news. Or when he's in the temple and he's, I've come to bind up the brokenhearted, to set captives free, it's interesting. Sometimes um, I, I love the when we're when we're analyzing a story. Those questions of like who's missing, 
or what's not being said. It's interesting to me that things that are not being said are who has all the answers, who knows what the scriptures mean and say clearly. Because even Jesus is in that, when he brings that whole scripture and he's, and he's like saying this, you know, the good news, I've come to bind up the brokenhearted, set the captive free, give sight to the blind. The end of that passage in Isaiah is about like smashing your enemies to bits. And he kind of stops short of that. And I think everybody would have noticed what was missing. Or when we, when we're going through like, what's the, what is the fruit of the spirit, which is God's resume? What is God like? What's missing off that list? Biblical inerrancy isn't on the list. No. I mean, I'm going to get my Bible and check that again. Yeah, I'm sure you, probably, you can, you can, but sometimes I think we could ask ourselves, what's missing? What's not here? Maybe God doesn't use the word justice in the fruit of the spirit because his justice looks like patience, peace, kindness, gentleness, but we want to have a God who's really into justice like our system of justice works we just want to god to and so i mean these are all like what we want to do here i know we're tossing out a bunch of like grenades that we're not even fully answering because that's maybe more of the point is that can we make space for conversations around us can we let go of certainty and enter more into relationship can we let go of right answers and wrong answers that determines whether you get a voice or not and can we move into a space of what's bringing life what's bringing healing what's bringing wholeness and can we move into a space where we can sit in that place not of comfort knowing that i'm right and everybody else is an idiot and and move into a space of we're we're working this out with fear and trembling together and not fear it's like with caution knowing that we cannot see everything clearly like we you know that verse that's in the bible but we don't like to quote that very much when we're like i'm going to tell you what i think the bible says and i'm fully aware that i don't see it clearly Wow. Well, maybe I, maybe that's a, a posture that we could have. And what if we started trusting that every person has the image of God in them and we're all growing in likeness. We all have image, but we're growing in likeness. And even somebody that we would just go, I don't get it at all. They have the opportunity to grow in likeness. And am I hindering or helping that process of likeness being revealed? Yes, good. <laughs> so those moments I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. It, and those are all the things that I think that, like you have said, as we have journeyed into this idea of the podcast and then are now like walking it out, it's that cyclical thing we're talking about where we don't want everyone to believe like us. We want the conversations to happen, but in order for the conversations to happen, it needs to be a shift in belief for some people. And so really 
this isn't about landing where Karina and I have landed because actually we're not even landed in the same spot in a lot of ways. Yeah. But it's the ability to come together and have these conversations and ask the questions and allow them to sit unanswered and allow them to marinate in your soul a little bit and let things rise to the top as necessary. And I think I said this uh, on one of the 10 talks, but I watched a documentary a while ago where it was a rabbi sitting with um, a kid he's known growing up through his whole kid's childhood. And now this kid is questioning his faith and questioning whether God even exists. And the rabbi just sat there and goes, okay, well, let's operate from your premise then. And it wasn't in a, hey, let me show you, but like, okay, what would that mean for the world? Like, let us walk this out together and let me see what you're thinking and feeling. He, the rabbi wasn't sweating it a second because he trusted God and he trusted God in this kid Mm-hmm. to come back around he just knew that this kid needed someone to take a walk with him for a while and I hope that I have the grace and the level of trust in God that that rabbi does and so that if ever someone comes to me and says I don't believe in God I'm like okay let me walk with you well you sort that out and explain it to me because yeah. it's not I'm not God's front man I don't he doesn't need a hype man in me to go out there and get people riled up for him what he needs is someone who just knows through a real relationship that he is true and let that speak for himself or itself. And so I'm not, we're not trying to convince you to do anything other than talk to people and be in relationship with people and allow God and Holy Spirit and Jesus to grow you and grow inside of you. Mm-hmm and perhaps err on the side of love yep i think it it is a it is a process because it requires us taking that posture where we're willing to do at least as much listening as talking requires us to do our own work and deal with our own insecurities and you know we come back to some of that early stuff like we, we we need to start recognizing shutdown language and recognize it when we're using it. And then also to say, to, to be able to say when someone else is using it to speak up and say, you are allowed to have your opinion, but at this table, we don't throw food at one another and say that we're, serving up the good news <laughs> you know yeah. we we don't get to um you don't get to dump your crap on the table and call it a side dish like that that is just not allowed and so while i'm not going to say you're a horrible person i'm not going to i'm not going to say you can't believe that but you're going to have to find a way to share that without crapping on my table and without throwing food at somebody else because we are here for to dignify the humanity which is the image of god in everybody else and it's like i think it was kenneth tanner somebody that i follow on instagram and he had this post yesterday which will not be yesterday when you hear this but it said something like we need nobody is human until they're human like god is human and so i'm going to call us all into 
living out our humanity the way that God lived out humanity in Jesus. So we don't undignify anybody, but we also are, are saying not every way goes. We're committed to the way of listening, to the way of curious questions, to the way of asking, where is this? What's, what's the filter? What's the context? Um, those are all things I think I would love to explore more, uh, kind of to undo those, the narratives of rightness that we bring with us in our faith discussions, because they keep us from, I think, being able to grow fully sometimes. I agree. Good talk. Good talk. I think, I think we'll say that's enough ideas for episode five. All right, then. See you next time. Thanks for listening. To continue the conversation and help grow the We Should Record This community, head over to our website at www.weshouldrecordthis.com where you can share and subscribe to the podcast or sign up for our newsletter. There we're going to share resources, articles, and ideas that will help you to keep these conversations going. You can also find us at We Should Record This on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.